As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinions. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. And this week's reviewer of the week is Hello TRB. And she says, change in doctor and change in mindset. Started listening during my first pregnancy and fell in love. Through the encouragement of this podcast, I switched my provider at 32 weeks. I doubted my feeling about the previous provider. And once I switched, it was like a breath of fresh air. Now pregnant with my second kiddo and have started again to listen to this amazing podcast. Well, thank you so much for your review. I'm glad that you're listening. I'm actually really excited that you and everyone else who's listening today gets to hear this particular birth story because I think there's kind of a lot to unpack and a lot to learn. Uh, So I I just can't wait to dive in and get started. So Cassidy, will you take a moment and introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit about you, about your family, how you got started and all the birthy kind of stuff, and we'll dive into your pregnancy. Yeah, of course. Um, So my name's Cassidy. Um, I have my husband and I, we've been married for, um, about six years and I have, um, two daughters, my oldest, she is two and my youngest, she, I just had her in August. Um, so we moved here from, um, we moved to Texas about two and a half years ago from, um, from Utah so that my husband could attend medical school. And, um, we have two dogs as well. They're also girls. So my husband's really outnumbered (laughs) here. Um, but we just love to do anything outside. So hiking, camping, swimming, all the things. So that's usually where you can find us. I love it. I didn't realize you guys had come from Utah too. So stay with me after and I want to chat about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you went to Texas, we went to Florida. We were actually looking at either one of those places. 
for many reasons, but mostly heat and humidity and palm trees. So yes. (laughs) I would have chosen Florida too. Well, I love it. I'm so excited you're here with us today. I actually just reread over your story um, before we got on, not just to refresh my memory, but I'm like, it's so powerful. So I wanted to... Yeah. As you go through this, like I can't wait for women to hear just kind of what you've been through and the empowerment, confidence, all that stuff that you can bring to the table for, I think, women that are coming up. It's going to be really powerful for them to hear. Um, But will you start me off with like your pregnancy? And I don't know if you want to give like a quick synopsis of like how the first one went and you want to dive into this one or if you just want to really focus on this last pregnancy. Um, Yeah. Well, I'll give you just a quick synopsis of the first um, because quite frankly, it um, nothing. It wasn't like very exciting. Um, <laughs> so my pregnancies, both pregnancies have, I'm like so blessed because they've been pretty, uh, uneventful. Um, so I, you know, I get some sickness just if I smell certain things, but otherwise I feel really pretty good. I enjoy being pregnant. It's, um, yeah, I, it, I don't really have anything too much to complain about. Um, And so both pregnancies were like that. And then with my first, I, um, the biggest thing was we moved when I was like 34 weeks pregnant. So finding a provider and everything like that was kind of tricky, but I just, I knew I wanted to deliver with midwives. So I just did some research on some midwives in the area. Um, unfortunately, since I had considered a home birth, but since we didn't really know where we were going to be living, Um, I went with, um, midwives at a hospital. So, um, I had, uh, honestly, I had a really good experience. Um, my labor was pretty, pretty, I'm not going to say easy, but again, it was, it went pretty smoothly. Um, and so that was a blessing and we, um, we don't find out the gender of our babies. And so just, um, that like just added some more excitement during pregnancy and everything. And then of course in labor, um, so my husband, he was able to catch our daughter and announce that it was a girl and which I thought it was a boy the whole time. So yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really fun with that one. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then, um, with, with my second, um, I ended up because my husband is in medical school and I'm, um, a stay at home mom, we just didn't, unfortunately we couldn't figure it out like financially to do a home birth. Cause again, that was something I wanted to do. Um, but so I ended up delivering with the same group of midwives, um, at the hospital. Um, so it's just a group and it's kind of like where you, um, whoever's on call, that's who you end up delivering with. Um, but I was lucky enough this both times I delivered with the same midwife who's one of my favorites. So it really worked out well for me, but yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So even with the quick move, you were with a really good provider that you were happy about. Yeah. And I, I like called them before and I asked, I like, I talked to the midwives on the phone. I interviewed them. I asked them some of like the questions that I had about like, you know, induction and just protocols and things like that. And, um, they align, they seem to align pretty well with the things that I wanted. And so I felt like it was a good, it was going to be a good fit. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So help me get to this most recent pregnancy. And you said things, it sounds like pretty uneventful for you, except in this case, kind of towards the end, right? Yes. Yeah. So the, the big thing with my entire pregnancy, again, 
really pretty, um, pretty easy. But my husband, he is in the Air Force. And so the last five weeks of my pregnancy, he was going to be um, at officer's training out of state. Um, so not like totally ideal, but um, I went to 40 and 4 with my daughter and so, with my first daughter. And so I was pretty confident that I was going to go past 40 weeks. So um, I like started manifesting that from the beginning of my pregnancy. I'm like very big on, on like manifesting things. So I just told myself I was going to go past 40 weeks because he was getting home. I think it was like 39 and, and eight something. It was really close to, to 40 weeks. So, um, yeah, I was manifesting that. So, um, up until he left, everything was pretty smooth. I, um, so I went in at 30, well, like 35 weeks and, um, I attested negative for GBS. Um, nothing really, you know, baby was in a good position. Everything was, was good. And, um, and then two weeks later, I went back for my 37 week appointment and, um, the midwife I was seeing for that appointment, she was the newest midwife to the group and she had just finished midwifery school. Um, so I'm just telling you that just to like understand her reaction a little bit. I like have a little bit more empathy and understanding of why she might've reacted the way she did. So, so at 37 weeks, I go in with this midwife and she, um, you know, she takes the measure measurements and then she feels my belly and she's like, okay, like, I think your baby's breech. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. You know? And she right. was like, let me, cause like, I mean, yeah, anyway, I've just learned a lot from you. So, um, so she's like, let me go get the other midwife that's here doing appointments and I'll have her double check. Um, so I was like, okay, sounds good. So while she's gone getting the midwife, like my, all this is going through my head and I'm like, okay, like not a big deal. I'm only 37 weeks. Like, um, and I had previously actually asked, um, a different midwife in the group. She was one of my favorite ones. I had asked Monica, I said, you know, what, what do you do in the case of a breech baby? I, I'm seeing, like, I saw after that, like, God was kind of preparing me for this. So I'd asked Monica at a previous appointment, probably I was like only 20 weeks at that point and, um, what their protocol for a breech baby is. And she said, well, technically, you know, we'll suggest you schedule a C-section, but she said at the end of the day, no one can force you into the operating room. And with that statement that she became my favorite midwife, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. because, and she told me about an experience how just a few months prior, she had a mom come in, in labor, baby was breech. She said she did not want to get a C-section. So they delivered the baby breech. And, um, she's like, you know, it was not something we were used to, but we did it and all was okay. And, um, so kind of all of that's like going through my mind that I'm like, it's not really a big deal. Um, so the midwife that I had the appointment with comes back with the, the other midwife and they, the other midwife does confirm. She's like, okay, your baby is breech. Um, and again, like, I'm like, okay, no big deal. But immediately like the whole, like feeling in the room changed. And this midwife, the one who had, you know, 
recently graduated, she was like, okay, so this is what you're going to do. Like at 38 weeks, you need to go to the hospital and get an ECV done. And, um, they do it at 38 weeks because you're considered full term, but also it's, it can be very painful and, um, put a lot of stress on you and the baby. Um, and it could put you into early labor. So they want you to make sure you're full term, but like, don't worry about the pain because they'll, they can give you an epidural for that or like a shot in your belly. Um, so don't worry about that part. And you know, if, if the ECV works, they might just decide to induce you right there. Um, but if it doesn't work, well, then you might, you will, you'll just have to kind of schedule a C-section. And she's telling me all this and I'm like, all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm in tears cause I'm like, you know, nine months pregnant and my husband's still gone. He's supposed to be gone for another three weeks. So the idea of like all of this happening without him was just kind of a lot. Um, and so that just kind of initially, like my initial reaction was to just like put a huge damper. It like threw a wrench into my whole birth plan because like a C-section wasn't really even on my mind. Um, but luckily for this pregnancy, I, I hired a doula, which I didn't do with my first. My first, I was like, oh, I'll just have my husband be my doula. And don't do that for your first. <laughs> Maybe for like a subsequent <laughs> pregnancy. He was great, but he also had no idea, you know, what was going sure. on. So, yeah. um, so my doula, I actually ended up having an appointment with her later that afternoon. And she had the conversation with me that, you know, I should have had with my midwives where she was like, look, you're only 37 weeks. This is your second pregnancy. Your first one, your baby was head down, natural vaginal delivery. Um, you know, baby was just head down at 35 weeks, like all of these things that were working in my favor. Um, and so, and she had all these, um, resources for spinning babies and, um, chiropractors and things like that in the area that could help. So that was huge. And so, um, basically after that, I was able to like process things a little bit better. Um, and so, and I remembered, I was like, you know, like what you teach in the birth course, like the brain acronym, like the benefits and risks and, and, you know, what if you just decide to say no to what your provider <laughs> suggests and, or I, I don't think that's it. I can't, is the no, the end. Yeah. I think it needs, and okay. is nowhere yeah. needs more time. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, and so because of that, I just took a step back and I was like, okay, there, this isn't an emergency. You know, I'm healthy. My baby's healthy. There are 100% obviously situations that, you know, call for, um, C-sections and induction and things like that. But for this particular situation, I felt that the more time I had, the better, like time, the, the better, because I could, um, spend more time getting my baby to flip. Um, so I decided my, like my plan C was, I did end up scheduling a, um, an ECV at the hospital. Um, I, after I called and scheduled the appointment, I, I didn't feel great about it. Um, just like some of the things that they wanted me to do, some of the suggestions they had, but I was going to choose that over obviously like doing a C-section, um, at least for me personally. 
Um, and so then I just kind of got to work getting this baby to flip. So, um, I started doing the spinning babies protocol and I basically like lived on my hands and knees with my toddler and in an inverted, I did like the invert, which I had done those before, but obviously this baby just had, she had other plans. So, (laughs) um, so I was just, you know, doing all the things I could. And then I also decided to tell everyone I knew in the birth community that I had a breech baby. Cause I was like, there is someone out there I know that can help me with this. So I ended up, um, texting one of my friends and she's a friend that, um, introduced me to this podcast. And so, um, she had just had her third baby and it was her first home birth, like two months before. So I texted her, I said, Hey, like, what does your home birth midwife do about breech babies? Like, does she deliver breech babies? I, I'm like, I don't know what I'm asking exactly, but I just, you know, I need a little bit of direction. (laughs) Um, she's like, I'm not sure, but I'll give you her contact information and you can get text her. So, um, so I ended up texting her home birth midwife. Her name's Jamie Hinton. So if, if anyone listening is in the DFW area and you need a home birth midwife, she's phenomenal. She, is like literally an angel. So, so I texted Jamie and she, she does not deliver breech babies, but she said, you know, 90% of the time I can get babies to flip. Um, and so she said, I do ECVs out of my office. And, um, I was like, okay, perfect. Like I like, please put me down. We'll do that. So, um, she, at this point too, she was like, I am, by the time I go in, I was like 38 weeks pregnant and she's 30 weeks pregnant with her sixth. Like I'm not a client of hers. (laughs) Like I, she owed me nothing, but she was just, she's just so passionate about helping women. And so she ended up scheduling me in anyway. So it was just wonderful. So I, I'm driving to this appointment to have the ECB and I'm like, I brought my headphones because I'm ready to listen to like my birthing affirmations, like, and breathe through this. Like it's a contraction. Um, so she, she, when I get there, she lays me on the table and feels around. And at that point, baby was transverse. So her head, whatever, it doesn't matter, but she was transverse. Baby was transverse. So no, you can explain um, that. I think that's a great, like you're going to say transverse and women might not know what that is. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, so transverse is basically when baby's laying sideways. So her head was over on my right side and her feet were, or her bum was over on my left side. So like laying like this 
in. in yeah, horizontally. Right. Yes. And the thing, yeah, the, the reason that that can be an issue is if you go into labor like that and your baby's being contract, like they're never going to get out that way. So it can be an actual right. like complication that can lead to a cesarean birth in the event that this happens during labor. But go ahead. Yes. Well, and I had remembered that you had said that because I, I went back and listened to one of the podcast episodes too, where you lay out um, very clearly like reasons for a C-section um, and transverse, you know, a transverse baby was one of them. So, so yes, at this point she was transverse. Um, and so Jamie took the heart rate and everything first to make sure, you know, baby was like doing okay and whatnot. And literally I kid you not three minutes later, she has my baby head down and by the end, I was literally I, like I was in tears and just thinking about it makes me want to cry again because I was so stressed for that entire week, just like so discouraged thinking there was nothing I can do. Like this is just out of my hands. Um, and then here, this is Jamie just like flips my baby. No problem. And I was just like, it didn't even, it literally didn't even hurt. Like I was in tears because I was so grateful. Like it wasn't even uncomfortable. She just, again, she was, she's an angel. So will you, um, will you describe for people that are listening what an ECV was like for you? Cause it's hard for, I just think like women picturing that are like, what does that mean? Or what, what were you doing? What was she doing? Yeah. So, so it stands for external cephalic version. So basically they want to turn baby head down. Um, and I just, I laid flat on my back and she basically just kind of applied pressure to my, to my belly. Um, in a way, obviously like she knew what she like, you know, it's, this is not some, it looked really easy. And I was like, Oh, I can do that. <laughs> obviously I couldn't, but, um, because she knew like what she was pressing on and everything like that. But basically it's just like manually turning the baby from the outside. Um, and again, it kind of does sound painful, um, but I, I like forced myself to watch some YouTube videos of it because I was kind of nervous going in and I was like, Oh, that's it. Like it, it's not like this crazy involved procedure by any means. Um, yeah. and so, so were you like down. laying down on your back? Were you inclined? Like how did she yeah, do I that? I was flat on my back when, okay. when she did it. Yeah. Um, and she, she, just she has- replied like some lotion or. She, did she, she didn't actually apply any lotion. Um, and I was thinking after, cause I'm like, the only thing was that like, you know, it was a little bit, um, like friction kind of, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, yeah. but I'm assuming if she would have applied lotion or like coconut oil or something like that, it probably would have made it a little harder to like mm. grip and move. I don't know. But so she didn't use anything. So it, it didn't, it wasn't like, uncomfortable or painful or anything like that but it was just maybe like like I said maybe a little bit more friction so yeah that's awesome yeah so that was just like it was just like a huge huge weight that lifted off my chest um and unfortunately it didn't last long (laughs) because I um I mean I anyway so I I drove home literally within a few hours I was like stepping outside and I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Like I could, <laughs> I felt baby turn again back to transverse. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, and so I texted Jamie right away and I was like, I'm pretty sure my baby just flipped back. 
And she's like, okay, like, you know, just don't stress about it. Like I had an appointment coming up, like, I think like two days later with my midwife group. So I was like, you know, I'll wait to confirm it with them in a few days. So I went to that appointment at this point, this is like, I was a little over 38 weeks and, um, it, they confirmed they're like, yes, pay, baby's back transverse. But it was kind of funny. Cause they're like, wait, you had a, an ECD scheduled at the hospital, but then you canceled it. Like, you know, what happened? And I was like, I went behind your back and I went to a home birth <laughs> midwife. And it's kind of funny because this, my group of midwives actually all knows, they all know Jamie Hinton. Um, oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, like they know each other and Jamie's actually really good friends with a few of the midwives in this group. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, I was kind of annoyed. You guys didn't tell me that Jamie did ECVs in the first place. Like, you know, me, you know, I'm not one to like want the hospital. So, um, anyway, she wasn't like thrilled <laughs> that, I, that I did that, but I was, um, yeah. and so, <laughs> so she's like, okay. And, and I did explain to this midwife, cause she was the one that came in at my 37 week appointment and just confirmed that baby was breach or transverse at that or no breach. Yeah. Um, so she saw the whole conversation of what went down and I just explained to her, I was like, look, that conversation should have gone very differently. Um, I understand that it, you know, it might be a lot for you. Like it might be kind of initially like this scare that you a be- breach baby, but like, there were so many things you could have like so many resources you could have given me so much encouragement you could have given me. But instead I left feeling just like totally upset and out of control, you know? And she was very respectful of that. And she's like, I totally understand. Um, but she's like, at this point, you know, you're 38 and a half weeks pregnant, your baby's transverse. Like we need to talk about, you know, options. And just this whole time with like this, my baby being breached and everything, I was just like replaying in my head, the, the affirmation, the affirmations from the birth course, like were everything to me. (laughs) Um, so I just kept replaying in my head, like I trust my baby and my body and I was having a healthy pregnancy. I'm healthy myself. Like I knew that like my baby and my body knew what they were doing. And so she gave me some options about, you know, she's like, you can go back in and do another ECV. She's like, do it at the hospital this time. And I was like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's like, you know, if you did it at the hospital, they might, if they get baby head down, they might choose to induce you right there. So, cause you know, unstable yeah. Y and they use all these scary terms sometimes. And, uh-huh. and, um, I, and I just like very respectfully, I just told her, you know what, honestly, like, I, I think my baby knows what they're doing and I'm just going to ride this out and I'm going to continue doing everything that I can to get this baby to flip. But like, I'm not, I'm not going to stress about it. So, um, I, I texted Jamie after that and I told her, I was like, look, my baby's breach or transverse again. Um, and she's like, no problem. Like we can schedule another ECV. Like I can wait until you're 39 weeks and do it then. And, um, but in the meantime, I was like, I really need to go to the chiropractor, I think. So um, my doula had given me a list of chiropractors in the area who um, were certified in the Webster's technique. So I went to one fairly close and I that week um, I went to the chiropractor two times 
And then when I went back in with Jamie, it was a little after 39 weeks to have her do an ECV again. I laid on the table. She felt around. She's like, oh, baby's head down. And I just like felt this huge sigh of relief again because like my baby was able to get her head down all by herself. Um, and then Jamie was like, you know what? She's like, I think your like your body just knew like you weren't ready to go into labor, you know, and your baby was feeling that too. Like your husband's gone. You've been telling yourself your whole pregnancy, you're going to go past 40 weeks. Like your baby and your body knew that. So I think they were kind of just getting comfortable. And she's like, at this point, you know, your baby's like, Oh, I know like dad's coming home. I'm going to get ready and I'm going to prepare for this. And that was just like so powerful to me because she made me feel like, you know, my, like that, like my baby knew what they were doing. Everything was, was going to be okay. So, so then from that point forward, my baby stayed head down and I was pregnant for another like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I want to speak to a couple of things that you've talked about. Um, first of all, I think it's really important when we're talking about, okay, I have a breech baby, what the options really are. I love that you not only knew your options, but you reached out for more support into different areas. Uh, the other thing, like kind of side by side with that is different providers are going to have different success rates at turning babies. Some are skilled at it and some just aren't. And so finding a provider that has, she, when she says 90% of the time I can get this baby to flip, heads up anybody in that Dallas-Fort Worth area, <laughs> go there. You yeah, know, um, tell her sorry in advance in case she is like inundated. I, I with asked her, I asked her if now, I could but... <laughs> say her name and she said, okay. she told me I could say her name. So, okay, well, we'll, and we'll put her information in the show notes for sure. But, um, your provider matters for a lot of reasons and different providers are going to be skilled in different things. And so when you're looking at ECV, that's something I'm going to tell you right now, if you're listening, you know, different providers are going to be able to flip those babies better than others. And it might not be your provider. Um, so I love that. The other thing that you mentioned, and I love that that midwife said it. And sometimes I, I think we kind of take this as like, I don't know, a wishy-washy, like hopeful thinking that our babies actually are very aware of what's happening. Um, and that we are so connected. Um, I think in a way that we can't even possibly imagine, there's no way to test that and study that. And like, Oh, that baby can tell that daddy's not here. And you know what I mean? But those things are real. And, um, and what we're feeling our baby feels, and we are so connected in a way that I think is just so, um, spiritual and close and something that I think we can't even describe being here on this earth in this life. Um, and that's really powerful. Um, another thing that you brought up was manifestation and positive affirmations. Those two things are huge, and especially when it comes to pregnancy and birth. And uh, you just talking about that from the beginning, like the power of manifestation. This is actually, that is something that has been studied. Um, and I'll have to, if I think of the book, and I did, I read most of it. If I think of the book, but I had heard her on another podcast, Dr. Tara Swart, I could be making that up, but I will look. She talks about like the science behind how manifestation works. And it's not, it's like, the, how it works in your brain, but also how it attracts what you're looking for. Um, those things are really important and positive affirmations. Like this is something I'm saying all the time. I know you've heard it on the podcast. I know we talk about it in the birth course. Mm -hmm. 
it's real. Like it's, and it's yeah. part of that manifesting, like those positive affirmations start to become a part of you. So you were using yes. all of those tools, which I absolutely love. And then on the other side of that, you've got that knowledge and education and the, you yeah. know, you just constant, that constant like birth talk in your head of like, I'm capable of doing this and I know what's best for my baby and I'm going to make these good decisions. All of that is so huge. This is like, as I said, as I was rereading your birth story, I'm like, yes, this is the story <laughs> that moms need to hear. They need to yeah. hear it because it's real and it works. That's um, true. So thank you for sharing all of that. That is, yeah. it was just really neat. I, I love that backstory of like all this like breach stuff and how the hospital handles it versus here um, and how you handle that as a mom. Because if you would have said some different things in that first visit, you could have had a baby without your husband there before they yeah. were ready, you know? Yeah. So that matters. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, if you don't mind, before we get into the actual birth story, will you, you've shared a lot of those things. I kind of reiterated some of them. What are some things that stand out to you uh, that really helped you, those nitty gritty, even like daily things that helped you prepare during this pregnancy and birth and for you and your husband, even though he was gone for those last couple of weeks, I'm sure he was a big part of <laughs> this yeah. whole story. Yeah. Um, honestly, so, so with my first my first pregnancy, I spent a lot more time just like learning about birth because I did it. I mean, I had never done it. So I didn't know what, what it was going to be like and things like that. So I was kind of just like learning mostly like what birth is and what's going to happen with my body and everything like that. With my second, I, I feel like I, I spent a lot more time. Um, I still, of course did, I did your birth course, but, um, I felt like I spent a lot more time um, reading positive birth stories and just um, like Ina May's book, you know, the first half is all birth stories. Um, and then listening to birth stories on the podcast and things like that. I feel like that was so helpful to me because it gave me like real life examples of um, different situations that can pop up. And um, like that, you just, you start to learn, you know, I, I told my husband, I was like, if my baby has shoulder dystocia, like I'm going to be on all fours. So I can, because I learned yeah. that in Ina book and things <laughs> right. like that. Um, and so those real life experiences helped a ton. And then um, listening to, like I said, li I listened to those, uh, the birth affirmations every night as I fell asleep um, because I wanted to like associate the affirmations with like being relaxed, like in a relaxed state. So I listened to those every night as I fell asleep. And those, like I said, just gave me a ton of encouragement and empowerment. That's awesome. Did you happen to do the three exercises? You were kind of talking about yes. how like you were doing the inversions and stuff too. Yeah. So I'm curious. Um, I did. I, um, I got, I was so good about the squats I will admit at the beginning, I wasn't good about the inversions because I was, I would like, I was so congested during my pregnancies. Oh, yeah. It was so That's a real thing. So anytime <laughs> I would go upside down, I like couldn't breathe for, and it's mm -hmm. only for like 30 seconds, but I just kind of got lazy if I'm being quite frank. So I didn't do the inversions as much as I should have. And that showed, I guess. No. Oh, good heavens. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, okay. Take us through the birth, if you will, kind of from that first contraction all the way through yeah. to giving birth. Um, okay. So my after, um, so I went to 41 and one. So again, I had plenty of time to get that baby to flip. Um, but I woke up, it was like, uh, it was Wednesday morning and I, well, I woke up a little bit after midnight to go pee 
And then as I'm sitting on the toilet, very conveniently, my water broke and it was, um, it was a pretty big gush. Um, and so, you know, I used the taco acronym. I took note of the time, the amount, um, and it was clear, it was odorless. So I was like, you know, no problem there. Um, and I had like a few contractions, but they were like not very intense and they would come maybe every like, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so by the time like one o'clock rolls around, I'm like, I'm just going back to bed because I'm yeah, nothing's happening (laughs) right now. At least that I could feel. (laughs) So, um, at around like 6am I woke up and that's when I had like a, a strong contraction. I woke up to a strong contraction. So I'm like, okay, here it is. So I, everyone was still sleeping. So I grabbed the dogs. I went curb walking for like an hour and I didn't have another contraction. So I like used my breast pump. I was like, you know, doing all the things, <laughs> bouncing on my ball. I was like, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I got to get these contractions going sooner or later. Um, and by like, it was probably by like nine 30, I hadn't had another contraction. Um, so I was like, okay, I am going to drink castor oil because, um, I knew that whether I liked it or not, I was delivering at a hospital. They were going to put me on a time clock. Um, I had no issue, you know, bending the truth about when my water broke, but still like I knew that, you know, anyway, so I was like, okay, I'm di- I'm going to drink castor oil because if it's anything like my first labor, this is probably going to be about 12 hours. So, um, I did that. Well, I did like the midwife's brew. I didn't just drink straight castor oil. Um, but this <laughs> we'll put a takes- link to the midwife's brew in, in the yes. show notes as well. <laughs> um, and I swear by that stuff because literally by 11 o'clock, I started having contractions. And, um, so this is 11 hours after my water broke. Um, so I was having, they were consistent, but they weren't very strong. So, um, I was like, okay, like, it's happening. Here it comes, you know? And I put my daughter down for a nap and around like a little afternoon. Um, so I was going to try and get, um, some sleep myself, but by like 1230, I was having strong contractions. And I'm like, okay, like this is active labor. So I timed my contractions for like the next, um, hour. And I was, you know, I was having my husband do counter pressures. Um, I got in the bath for a little bit and he was like pouring water on my back and things like that. Um, so for that first hour, um, my contractions were coming about every three to four minutes lasting a minute. Um, so they came like strong and, and fast. <laughs> um, and so I called my doula at around one thirty, and I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for you to come to my house. Like I need you. And later she's like, I didn't think you were in, like, you didn't sound like you were in active labor. And, (laughs) um, but anyway, so she came and, um, or she started to come on her way. And then around two o'clock I got out of the bath. And when I stood up, I had a contraction and I was like, oh my gosh, like that was very strong. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure like I need to push. (laughs) So, um, we waited like 15 minutes for my doula to get there. And then, um, my husband's like, well, can you wait? It was a mess because he's like, my mom's getting here from the airport in like 30 minutes. And I was like, I can't wait another 30 seconds. (laughs) Like, so he quick dropped my daughter off, um, our daughter off at our friend's house. And then, 
um, my doula got in the car with us to drive to the hospital, which was super helpful. Um, because she just like put pressure on my back the whole time I was having a lot of back labor. Um, and so she was just super helpful with that. So by the time we got to the hospital, we get up to the room, it was about three o'clock and, um, my midwife, Katie, she checked, um, and baby, cause they wanted to make sure baby wasn't breech. Um, but she checked and, um, baby was OP, which is sunny side up. So like when they come out of your vagina, their face would be facing the sky. Um, mm. that, I think that's the way you, yeah. you put it. Um, yep. And so, which isn't like a bad thing. You can obviously still deliver like that. It's just not ideal. So, um, she had me lay flat on my back and bring my knees to my chest for one contraction. And she kind of had me push. So hoping baby would rotate. So I did that for one contraction and she did rotate. So she rotated OA, which is like what they want. So then, um, my husband, I had told him, I was like, my one thing, I was like, I am not going to deliver on my back. And so after I did that, my husband's like, um, she didn't want to be in this position. So, um, could you get her on her hands and knees? And so he, the second time around, he was a better doula, but, That's awesome. um, so, so I got on my hands and knees, um, and I pushed for 30 minutes and she was, and this time I said, I wanted to catch the baby and I wanted to announce the gender. So, um, so at three 30, her head came out, I reached down, I grabbed her and I brought her up to my chest and I got to announce that it was a girl. So that's so cool. It was, yeah, it was awesome. So I was at the, to- the hospital for a total of 30 minutes before she was born. Goodness. Don't totally Thankfully you were close yeah. to the hospital. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And I love the doula jumping in the car. I've been that doula. We yeah, need you guys. It was very helpful. <laughs> it was very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so neat. What a special yeah. story and quick yeah. labor. And that's awesome. Even though like being able to push in the position that you desired to push in like that. Yes. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, and just you and your baby working together like, oh, well, let's try this. And then one contraction like that. And yes, baby turns, which I think yeah. is important for moms to hear too. Like, Babies do a lot of things during labor. A baby can go so from much. a breech position to a head down position during labor. Yeah. Or like you were talking about the ECV and want to, you know, maybe if they get the baby head down, then they'll want to induce right then. Well, yeah, but even if you get baby head down and induce, baby can flip again. So like right. it's just they they do all kinds of things in labor. Um, yeah. And what a neat thing that your baby did all the right things. Yes, <laughs> so I know. Awesome. It's such a blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, how how did your postpartum go? I mean, I know you're in the thick of it right now. How was it kind of immediate postpartum for you and getting back home and everything? Was it pretty good? Did you have any tearing, if you're willing to share that? Like, what was it like for you? Yeah, um, so I did I did tear. I had, um, I, I want to say I had like a second degree tear. Um, and the only reason why they said that was she when she came out, her hand was up by her face. So they were like, if her hand was down, you, maybe you wouldn't have torn. But um, anyway, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't a big deal. Um, but postpartum, honestly, was like, I. It's such. It's so weird because I actually love postpartum. Like, I just like, you know, being having your baby like attached to you all the time because they're no longer technically attached to you. But like. Um, and this time it was different, obviously, because I had a two year old as well. So just navigating that. Um, but she took to her little sister, like amazing. And is just this little mom. Um, 
But I, this, my second time around, I did take it a lot easier. I feel like with, after my first, I was like, oh, I feel great. So I'm just going to like walk to the park the day after I gave labor. And I'm like, that was not smart, you know? <laughs> and, um, so I definitely gave myself a lot more grace and just, I let other people do things for me, which I don't normally do. Um, so it was a little out of my comfort zone, awesome. but I just yeah. relaxed and, I spent a lot of time with my baby. I just like nursed constantly and I didn't pay any attention to schedules or time or anything like that. I just, I wanted to be, you know, I was, I was there for my baby, which was, I feel like made it a lot easier this time. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I love to end these episodes with, I would love to hear your favorite advice or like your biggest advice for moms and biggest advice for dads as well. Okay, so I'll start with dads because this one's just like a lot easier, shorter. <laughs> um, but dads, just just trust your wives. Like women are amazing, and if your if your wife says like she wants to give birth at home or at a birthing center or someone somewhere not at the hospital, um, support her in that because that's so huge. And I'm so lucky that despite my husband's medical background, he's like he is my biggest cheerleader and he just never doubted me for a second. Um, and so, um, yeah, just support, just support your, your wives. And, um, and then my biggest advice for moms is, um, just be willing to advocate for yourself and don't, don't just let birth happen to you because I feel like so often in our, in our society, women are kind of just encouraged to, and expected, honestly, to just, when it comes to birth and labor, to just like throw your hands in the air and do everything your provider tells you to. And I'm not saying don't listen to your provider. You know, they obviously are very um, well-trained, but lean into your intuition because it's so powerful. And, you know, instead of spending nine months perfecting your, your baby registry, spend nine months learning everything you can about birth and, um, you know, listen to positive birth stories and, you know, research topics like GBS and, um, you know, induction, Pitocin, um, and things like vaccines, um, everything. And the beautiful thing is your podcast and your birth course puts all this information and more into one easy place. So it's amazing what you're doing for women. And you have made such a huge impact on not only my life, but I know so many people's lives. And I, you know, I tell every friend, even if they don't plan on doing a natural birth or, you know, don't think the same, I'm like, just listen to this podcast. It'll change your life. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your time and being vulnerable with everyone listening today. Um, and for your advice for moms and dads, I, as you're saying all those things, I'm just like over here, like silently cheering so loud. Like I'm like, I'm already, there's going to be a quote there just when you're talking about perfecting your registry. Like instead of doing that, like learn everything you can about birth. Yes. I could not have said that better myself. So hundred percent. I thank you so much. This story I know is going to serve many, many hundreds of thousands of women. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. 
And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.